Okay, everybody, thanks for listening to the uh, really the first edition of the Let's Level Up podcast. And uh, with me today is a um, is a, is an industry man. Uh, Going to give you guys hopefully a good chat today on um, role playing games and gaming in general. He's all the way from Australia. This is Mr. Joe Sweeney of Story Weaver Games. G'day, mate. How you going? All the way from Australia. <laughs> <laughs> really working the accent there. I try. <laughs> You know, is, is that one of the is that is that a thing you get a lot when you talk uh, people, especially from the states? Do they mention the accent? It's rather quite a funny. Bit? Yeah, it, it's rather funny actually. A lot of Australians think that I have an American accent. I spent uh, almost twenty years in the Asia Pacific region doing business there, uh, based out of Hong Kong. So I actually don't sound like an Australian, but um, I can put one on if you want. <laughs> no, you be you. You be the Joe Sweeney I've come to love. <laughs> okay. Well, um, you know what? I really just wanted to kind of start things out with the uh, the bushfires that you guys are having, and if you could kind of um, uh, mm. let people know who are going to be listening to this, what's going on, and if they want to, how can we help? Uh, uh, I know right now you guys have a campaign we're doing through uh, RPG Now, and uh, I've already kind of put it out on our yeah. social media sites, but maybe um, if someone's hearing this that's not aware, um, maybe they can help. Right, well, at the moment in New South Wales, uh, there are, uh, I think last count, there was about 70-odd bushfires um, right across the state. So we're talking you know, several thousands of uh, square kilometres uh, have already been burnt out. The, um, the, the real issue is that it's just so widespread at the moment. We've lost, we're not too sure how many homes have already been lost, but our, our poor bushfire guys, uh, our, we call them fireys out here, have been fighting this now for about two weeks. They're, um, they're they're really feeling it hard. A lot of these guys are volunteers, so they actually take time off work. Um, many of them are self-employed, like like myself, effectively, and uh, you know it's a direct cost to them. Uh, so there's a there's a whole lot of financial hurt going on at the moment for these guys. Um, so we're basically raising fund for bushfire relief. That's uh, to help the firemen themselves, to help the people who've lost their homes. We we know it's at least several hundred at the moment. Um, personally, I've not yet been impacted, though um, one of our officers uh, is surrounded on two sides by bushfires, and we've actually had to evacuate out of that. Um, so it's you know it, it's 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 a it's quite a big deal, and when you see some of these fires and the ferocity of them, you just realise um, you know what a massive magnitude of disaster this this has been for, for New South Wales. So we're raising funds. Um, we thought the, the easiest way that we could do that, since I'm not a firefighter and I uh, you know, couldn't think of any other way to, to, to help, we've decided to um, patch up all of our Rapture products. That's, uh, that's nine key products, uh, about uh, 270 megabytes of books and audio files and great adventures. Um, a lot of our products are what we call transmedia, so we, we try and you know take the best of old school gaming with uh, modern technology and bring it together. We've packaged all of that up and we're offering it $10, which is uh, it's about a 50-something dollar package, so it's pretty good. And 100% of that, all of that is going to bushfire relief. Um, so if you want a great game for Halloween, Go and grab that pack. It's on RPGnow.com. It's called the Gamers for uh, Gamers versus Hellfire right. uh, Emergency Fundraiser. Um, just go and grab it, and that that would be the best thing that you could do to help us uh, help the fireys. Yeah, and we'll definitely put a link on uh, Let'sLevelUp.net with that. Um, it's all over uh, our Twitter and uh, Facebook pages right now, as well as Story Weavers. So um, you guys definitely Thank check you very those much. out. Yeah. Oh no, it's it's not a problem. You know the um, we get hit every. Uh, 
about once a year, either in California or in Colorado. Right now, I think Colorado is, is uh, having a, some pretty bad wildfires. And uh, uh, actually, my area, I think four or five years ago, my little area of West Texas had a bad wildfire. And it was um, it was kind of scary. It had a, basically the, the part of the area where I grew up, people were evacuating from. And I had already moved out of the area. But... Um, it was um, it was it was pretty intense. We had a lot of guys, kind of the same situation. Our fire uh, fire departments yeah. are all volunteers out there, especially out of the city limits. So it's um, a mm. lot of guys risking risking life and limb to to try to make sure people have their homes. And it's, it's oh, incredible they do, and they're amazing, amazing people. Yeah. So um, if you guys are listening to this. Help out! I've I've actually uh, played Rapture. I've uh, I've done a review for Rapture, and uh, I gotta say, the game, Joe. Um, I know you you wrote Rapture, correct? Yeah, yeah. I'm an evil bastard. I wrote. You, you <laughs> I was about to say that. How sick are you? Uh, you know? uh, look, actually, it was re- it was really interesting where that idea came from. Um, you're going to chuckle about this, but Rapture was actually born out of. Um, I have a very strong commitment to run games at conventions because. Uh, it's really important. Conventions are basically the only thing keeping gaming alive in Australia at the moment, uh, traditional tabletop gaming alive. And um, when you run eight sessions in a row of the same scenario, the same game, it it, it does your head in. So Mm -hmm. I thought to myself one year, I want to run a game where every single session is different. Um, And in order to do that, I needed a rule system that was fairly open and flexible, so I came up with an idea that would be, you know, the, the... the players would set as much of the world as the GM. And I actually created, and you're going to chuckle about this, I created Aliens versus Predator versus Terminator versus Batman. And uh, <laughs> it was a series of, it was a series of um, futuristic games that was a much better storyline uh, than uh, what we have seen with the recent um, uh, um, Alien movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, it was wildly successful. And the basic premise was that when the, when the players sat down in between each game session, um, different groups of players would choose whether they want to play the Predators or the Humans. And then we took the story from where it last left off. And oh, um, interesting. Almost like a game so, of telephone. So hugely narrative. Yeah. Um, it, it, it was incredibly enjoyable. And the Predators were all about honor and, and uh, um, basically, you know, survival of the fittest, evolution, proving themselves. Whereas the Humans were all about getting scared and getting killed and running away <laughs> or killing getting their violence and what we realized is that it just works so well and then i driving back i live about three hours from that particular con i was driving back each night so you can um talking to my friends about it and we realized that the rule system itself was fantastic it was just really working for what we're trying to do giving the players a, a really strong stake in the narrative but still having a very strong storyline with plot um, at the same time, having a system which basically you benefited by your characters getting incredibly scared, incredibly beaten up, and dead. Um, but of course, you know, there's no way we could take the intellectual property of aliens, predators, and so forth. Mm-hmm. So then we said, what else would be a good system? Uh, uh, sorry, a good world setting. And I always love hard science fiction, and it's so hard to find a good role-playing game with hard science fiction. Um, you know, I love Star Wars, but that's science fantasy. You know, I'm making a real right. distinction there. Um, and so we decided that we're going to do a hard science fiction game, but then we needed we needed a foe, and we wanted to keep the foe very close to home, something that was familiar, but yet horrifying. 
And somebody said, why not Christianity? Why not the Bible? Let's let's look at movies like, you know, Event Horizon, and and you mentioned that in your blog. Let's look at things like that. And I said, wow, you know, because the best horror is stuff which is very close to home. Oh, absolutely. And so I started looking about what what games had been based on the Bible, and quite frankly, a lot of them are. Um, not to my taste. You know, the demons are much more fantasy demons. When you actually read the Bible and you get into theology, and, and, and strangely enough, I actually really like theology, um, <laughs> you start to realize that uh, the actual Bible is, is much more subtle in, in how evil corrupts and how evil works, much more suitable to games of paranoia and betrayal and all that good stuff. And... As a result of that, the just through brainstorming, the world of Rapture, um, the end of days was born. Um, we had to come up with a timeline. We did the whole world-building thing. And um, after a lot of work, um, that's what you get. You get a game which is a great example of, I think it's a great example of how to get players to behave badly and be rewarded for it, mm-hmm. um, but while not breaking the world. And it, it works quite well, I think. I think it does as well. I think it's it's... I mentioned this in the in the, in the review, um, but it's something that really engages um, the players and the GM uh, to tell more of a story. And um, it, it's it's not a game for the min maxers. I don't think it's a game for the real role players and and one that really want to get together, spook the crap out of each other, and tell a really good horror story while doing it. Um, and, and absolutely. The, and, and- you know, you talk about the min-maxes. Um, I've seen min-maxes have great fun with that game. One of the adventures called Destiny's Children. You know, it's basically... Uh, it, it's a space thriller. You're Marines. You're going into an infected base. Okay. So it's your typical zombie apocalypse type of scenario, but I won't let away the secrets. You know, and it's not uncommon for some of those folks to go, right, I'm going to be five in my uh, my potential, my strength and body, mm-hmm. and I can just shoot through anything. Of course, they get possessed. It's great. They, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, uh, or they go crazy and uh, you know end yeah. up off in themselves. Yeah, and quite often a lot of other people with them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was telling, um, I was, I was inviting a friend actually over to come play Saturday um, before one of the mm. key guys in my group had um, had backed out. So now we got to kind of reswitch our gaming plans around. But um, I had told them kind of what what Rapture was about. And I just said, imagine this. Imagine that we're on a, um, you know, a, a ship in space, and um, you have a boy, and it's, it's your son, and um, he he ends. You're in the airlock, and he ends up actually sucking you out of the airlock. And the last thing you see is him just grinning wickedly at you through the glass, and just a ah, just a, a very shimmer of his face changes to something far more sinister and far more evil, and that's the last thing you ever see before you're sucked that's, out into space. That, that's, that's, that's perfect. And, of course, yeah. if you narrated that and you talked about you know, how, how you could somehow grab it, see the, the ice crystals forming on your face as the airlock is slowly opening the, 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 the depression of the air as it's freezing you, um, you know, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You would get experience points for that, and your next character would be, of course stronger and out right. of vengeance <laughs> yeah i'm glad you brought that up um it's rapture i think is the only game that i know of that rewards death it, it or rather mm. rewards mm. rewards meaningful death and and by meaningful i yes. mean does it contribute to the story did do people have fun hearing this narration mm. yeah and I, I think that's really important what we 
what we wanted to do with that, and, and I think this is a failing in a lot of um, traditional horror games, is that they're survival games, and that's fine. I mean, there is always an element of survival in horror movies. But what that means is that the PCs start off knowing... The, the, sorry, the players start off with their PCs knowing that they're going to survive or have a good chance of survival. Sure. Uh, and one of the challenges, of course, that means that your characters are pretty damn invincible. Um, what I wanted to do is find a way of balancing that off with the, you know, the, the gleeful joy of carnage. Um, at the same time, not making it gory. Um, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of movies like Saw. I'm much more Vincent Price sort of horror. Uh-huh. But you have to take a certain glee, as um, Hitchcock did, in killing off, and, you know, I'd say that most good horror writers are masters of this, killing off the nice guys. Yeah. <laughs> and leaving just the, and, and finally leaving the survivors there. And sometimes the survivors aren't the people that you'd expect in the beginning. Uh, if you take a look at the movie Alien, which I think is um, a brilliant movie. Oh, I love it. You know, Ridley is not the hero when the movie starts. If anything, you'd say, you'd argue that she was the strong willed coward. Um, but she grows, you know, she has to grow into that role. And, yeah, especially and so after, about, um, oh goodness, what's his name? The captain. Um. Oh yes. Oh my God! I can't believe I've forgotten that too. <laughs> his he, his son is doing music right now, and I can't believe I've forgotten his name. Mm. Uh, somebody gonna just rolling yeah. their eyes right now at me. <laughs> uh, it's late in the day for me as well. So um. So yeah. So yeah. It is important. You know, if you if you give a reward, if you've got a mechanic in the system where which rewards players for acting to a narrative, um, for rewards them for going out and investigating the bump in the night then you get players doing that sort of stuff. More importantly, what I've found in a lot of the games, certainly when we're running at cons, is the characters, once they realize that... Sorry, the players, when they realize that the characters are dispensable. Uh, But also that they have to make sure that they don't don't kill everybody off, Mm -hmm. because otherwise there's no one for them to step into and to, to play. They start playing the bad guys as well. And there's been a number of games where the big bad monster that I had planned never materializes because one of the players just quietly starts taking on the role of the big bad guy and doing killing for me. <laughs> and it works perfectly. Uh, and, 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 you know, not, not all gaming groups will enjoy that, but I'll tell you what, enough of them do. <laughs> oh, I know I certainly do. I mean, the game, it, it's, it was really kind of a breath of fresh air. Um, I'm a big fan of, um, you know, the Cthulhu mythos. I think I said that in my, in mm. my uh, review as well. And uh, mm-hmm. one of the things I really like that is just the, the sanity mechanic and the fact that mm-hmm. your character is not, um, you, you may play a hero or a heroic individual, but you are just as squishy as everything else in the game. So it, 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 <laughs> it gives you that, um, let's not just go you know guns blazing into this battle. Let's really think about mm-hmm. things and let's talk about it and let's really have a discussion about what's going on in our characters' uh, lives. Or... You know, potentially our character's deaths. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Let's make him a good one. <laughs> so, you know, that that's that's basically Rapture in a, nut, uh, in a nutshell. Um, what is interesting is I, I was actually very nervous when I launched Rapture. Um, I was even considering not launching it under my own name because it does deal with, uh, you know, it deals with theology. It deals with um, Christian beliefs. And I'm a big believer that you should treat other people's beliefs with, with care. Um, sure. And I'm certainly not trivialising Christianity at, at all. Um, at the same time, uh, you know, I wanted to keep this very hard science, and blending that together was uh, was a real balancing act. What was interesting is that 
the people who I thought would be offended by the game weren't. Um, they, in fact, fully embraced it. There's a lot of uh, what we call um, uh, gamers for Jesus uh, who, who just love this. Um, oh, good, God good. And, and so forth. But, um, no, I did take some flack, um, usually from people who'd read the blurb, you know, science has, you know, you know uh, let down mankind. And people thought that it was going to be a, um, a game predominantly saying that science is bad. Not, not at all. Um, so, uh, you know, I took a little bit of flack from, from some atheists. But, yeah, you know, overall, we, we think we've, the balance seems to have hit the right note. Um, it doesn't have to be a controversial game. But it can be, and that's one of the other things that comes through in the game is this idea of um, political and philosophical beliefs. They they play a big impact on how your character should be played in the game. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I think it's I think it's um, a a very very good game, and I really hope um, you know more people get their hands on, especially through this gamers through Hellfire uh, deal you guys are doing versus Hellfire. Sorry, um, it's it's yeah. Hey. A great way to get, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you're a gamer on, uh, you know, uh, on a budget, this is a great way for you guys to have a lot of really good times ahead of you, especially because it's the reason for the season right now. You know, we want to scare each other. Um, it's Halloween, mm. so let's 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 do it. And let's do it in, with some gusto. Let's do it with the world ending. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so Storyweaver actually has a couple other titles on that you didn't directly write, but uh, are you? Um, what do you do with Storyweaver? Are you are you one of the owners, Joe, or are you uh, just a high-ranking uh, guy up there? Or, or tell me tell me a little bit about the company. Okay, well, Storyweaver was actually registered as a domain and as a as a sole proprietorship. Oh God, probably fifteen twenty years ago now, um, because I've always been involved in games. I'm one of these you know first ed. You know, pre-first ed sort of gamers. Oh, sure. um, uh, yeah, I've, I've got no hair, um, and um, <laughs> a, a, and I've always seen gaming. My philosophy on gaming is that it is a that it is so essential to our culture, um, and I mean gaming in a very broad sense because gaming is and storytelling is is how we per- per- perpetuate. Um, ideas, how we explore each other's social um, domains and so forth. So it's actually really powerful. And I actually wrote a game called Story Weaver for my children. And it was and that will be published. I'm still getting the last of the artwork together for it. Um, and that game is designed to be running with kids as low as about five, six, seven years old. Um, and I put a lot of research uh, into pedagogy, into educational um, studies and also into neurosciences to make that game uh, not just accessible to children, but to do it so in such a way that they learn things. So that was where Story we was born. Oh, wow. And um, I'd, I, I write, when I d- develop games for conventions, I write them up extensively. You know, it's very rare that I go into a convention with a game less than 20,000, 30,000 words of research and all the papers and the maps and everything that go with that. So I thought to myself, God, I'm doing all of this work. I wonder if I could publish it. And the first thing I published was actually a module that we wrote. I wrote with a friend called Joshua Edwards, which was called Blood of the Innocent. It was a Savage Worlds horror game set in the jungles of Vietnam. Oh, and that's all really predator-like, well. huh? Wasn't it? Oh uh, no, no, uh, much more ra- blood falling from the skies. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. <laughs> it was. Uh, we we described that the game rules actually have two versions to play. We call us the <laughs> the. Uh, 
um, Life is Hell and um, Don't Hurt Me Too Much version. Okay. So it's a little bit like playing the game, <laughs> you know, playing video games and gonk version. Uh, it was not uncommon for that to have a TPK at the various cons. We actually ran that at the first Gen Con in Australia. So we wrote that and published that at the first Gen Con. Um, and that was, you know, pretty well received. Um, and then, the, then there was a hiatus where we sort of sat back and, you know, you get very nervous when you publish something. Uh, you know, it, it really is very confronting to put yourself out there. Sure. And then we had this idea for Rapture, so we thought, to hell with it, let's do a really good job. I wanted to be an indie company that had high-class production values. And uh, I also wanted to fully use all the new digital media that was available, hence the use of audio clues and voice acting and all that that we put into some of our products. Mm-hmm. So we published Rapture, and it was very quid- uh, you know, very well received by critics. Um, it was well received um, uh, by by people who've accessed it. it. It is a niche game. We fully admit that. I mean, it's, it was one of the very early, I guess you'd say, strongly narrative games. Um, and it's just been building a little bit of a base. And then um, a guy, a fantastic guy, who's a previous game publisher um, uh, called um, Patrick Taylor, asked us if we'd like to publish two of his games. Hail, which I personally think is one of the best fantasy games I've played since RingQuest. Um, and uh, a game called High Space, which was a uh, sort of very oh, William Banks sort of you know high, super high tech um, uh, science fiction game. Mm-hmm. Uh, both Savage Worlds. So he came on board. Um, we looked at originally how that was going to be produced, and we said no, that's not good enough. We really want to do a much nicer job of presentation. Um, gamers are collectors at heart, many of them, and you want to make sure that you give them something that they're going to fall in love with, visually as well as play-wise. So we published, uh, we worked with him to publish those two games, and that challenged me. I suddenly had to stop being a game writer, which I love, mm-hmm. and a map maker, which I really love, and be a publisher. And uh, that hasn't been an easy transition. So um, between myself and a guy called... Um, uh, Ray Jewell, who writes quite a bit for Rapture as well. Um, we continue to publish. Um, you know, we're always looking out for good game materials, good ideas. Um, but we publish at our own pace, and we try to publish at a very high quality. Oh, that's um, great! Yeah, I mean, you you got to you got to do it your way at the end of the day. Mm. Um, yeah. Well, the other thing, which was a, and this is a real gotcha, um, every single thing that we do must be profitable from day one. Now, it doesn't have to be very profitable. I'm very fortunate. I'm sort of quasi-retired into a fantastic consulting job where, you know, I'm, I'm basically independent wealth-wise, luckily. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I have been poor in my life. <laughs> so everything I do, including my hobby, <laughs> has to be profitable. And, and you know, StoryWeaver is, is uh, even on the, the products that haven't done so well, um, they've all been profitable, which is great. Well, that's awesome. So if somebody's got see um say there's an illustrator out there or you know a, a young writer who's got some ideas do, are do you welcome that sort of feedback from the gaming community or you know would you prefer Absolutely. Yeah. How how would how would somebody like that that wants to get involved in the industry go about either contacting you for publishing or just bouncing ideas off you just just through your website or Twitter or Facebook well, or I I I'm happy either way. We, we you know we have rejected quite a number of projects um, sure. um, and part of that is our, our own timing um, part of that is some of them haven't been up to a quality that, of writing that we think is there um, <laughs> are you talking about uh, my uh, hybrid predator and my little pony uh, RPG that I pitched to you the other day 
No, look, I'd love that. I played a fantastic Muppet 40K game a, a, a little while back. Muppet was, 40K. Oh, and a Pony 40K game. Pony 40Ks is just wrong. <laughs> just seriously bad. Uh, oh, that's it, was run, awesome. it was run by the guy Joshua Edwards, who was the initiating uh, the initiating author for Bloody Innocent. Um, he's a he's a mad bastard. He's just got his doctorate. So yeah, uh, <laughs> that's but, amazing. Um, you know, so so what I'm saying is, if people come to us with game ideas, we will certainly entertain them, and we encourage people to do that. But I also really strongly encourage people to to talk with us to say, you know, I, I'm happy to share my ideas of the trials and tribulations of becoming a game publisher. Um, I'm not here to build an empire. Story Weaver, our tagline is committed to gaming excellence. Mm -hmm. And that means that we're actually committed to building uh, and growing the gaming community because it's a small community. Uh, tabletop gaming has been you know, absolutely decimated by video games and, and other things, and it has to evolve. Sure. I'm very keen to keep us alive because of the importance of storytelling and all those other cognitive things which I, I firmly believe role-playing games give us. Um, so I love independent game companies and I love helping them start and uh, you know anything that we can do to to, to help you know, we're, we're here for and just just email us um, either at uh, probably the quickest way is just grandmaster uh, at storyweaver.com um, or you can come onto our Facebook site which is Facebook slash storyweavergames um, and you know ask us questions we are we are definitely there to to um, to be a resource for anyone who's interested in publishing Oh, that's amazing. Do you, um, other than, of course, your games that you play. What are what are some of your favorite games to play, either role playing or other? Oh, I mean, what what kind many. of stuff do you play to, to oh, just for, just to many. have fun? <laughs> too many. Look, uh, it, it's funny. We, I've got I've got a couple of different gaming groups, and I get in trouble because I'm trying to finish my own PhD, and my wife is yelling at me that it's not finished yet. Yeah, it's only been going seven years. God help me. I've got three months to finish it. Um, so, yeah, I, I go to too many gaming groups. Um, it's really interesting. Um, I tend to I tend to match my games with the gaming groups that I'm playing with. So, for example, our Wednesday night gaming group um, is all about highly narrative games. And um, so we play, you know, Dungeon World. That's that's one of the latest ones we love. Um, Inverse World. Oh, fantastic. Apocalypse World. That whole world series. Um, Lady Blackbird. Uh, there was a great game called Contenders, which I wish I had more time to play. That's a game about boxes. Doesn't sound like it would be exciting. Fantastic game. Oh, really? Is um, it? Uh, do you do you create a boxer and then try to mm, work your way up yeah. the circuit, or? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's sort of like Rocky, the the role playing game. Okay. But um, it, it it sounds weird, but it's surprisingly enjoyable. But you probably need about a good six hours single session to play that game. Okay. Um, huh. So I, I love the the unusual, quirky games that that take you somewhere. Um, I'd have to say that my favourite game in that genre at the moment uh, would probably be Dungeon World because it's so hackable. Uh, we recently, um, a friend of mine, um, spent an evening hacking that into um, a game that we called. Um, well, actually, I have to be careful because we'll probably end up publishing this. But it was basically it was tentatively <laughs> called deniable assets or just deniable and it's where you play a british you know and a common everyday british person <laughs> who's been seconded by a strange government organization to commit increasingly disturbing acts okay. of, of espionage <laughs> and they don't exactly know who they're working for or why they're doing it um <laughs> uh, you know so you can have lots of fun 
But on the flip side, you know, we had a Saturday gaming group meets uh, once or twice a month where for a long time we played um, Warhammer 40k um, uh, Dark Heresy, which is just a, a glorious, glorious world setting to play in. I'm not too sure about the rule system, but I let the GM handle that. Sure. <laughs> yeah, you can just chop um, out the stuff you don't like, huh? Uh, well, you just play with it. I mean, every game every game system has its its strengths and its weaknesses and its advantages and its intentions. Um, I'm much more in, in my style of play is to be immersed in the world. That's what I love. And the yeah. Warhammer 40k world is, especially the works of Dan Abnett, um, just fantastic writing. Gaunt Ghosts. I'm I just love Gaunt's Ghosts. Um, that's a, <laughs> a series of books by Dan Abnett. In fact, I, I wrote a I wrote a Dungeon World hat called Only War World. Where they were basically Gaunt's ghosts running around um, with the Inquisitors chasing them, so that was fun. Oh, awesome! <laughs> so basically anything, and yes, Muppets uh, mixed with any game, any world system always work. <laughs> <laughs> Not so much ponies. Oh, that's awesome! Uh, so that's 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 the Wednesday night game. Do you do any uh, do you do any other like, traditional board gaming, or is it all pretty much standard uh, tabletop role playing? Uh, I, I prefer, I definitely prefer um, tabletop, but when I do play board games, I've got a couple of old classics I just totally love, uh, board games and card games. Uh, probably the top of that list would be um, Cosmic Encounter. Now, there's a, game, there's a blast from the past. It's, uh, what, 20, 25 years old. Um, I believe it's now back in the hands of the original people who created that game. It's just a fantastic game of... Um, uh, screw over your competitors <laughs> okay. in the best possible manner. Um, you know, Munchkin, I love Munchkin. There's a wonderful little game called Dixit, which is... Oh, a, yeah, my, it's one of my, that's my wife's actually favorite game, Dixit. Ah, yeah. oh, I love Dixit. Dixit's fantastic. Um, and, you know, then you've got the classics, Talisman and so forth. But generally, I find um, I find that myself playing mostly role-playing games. Yeah, you know, growing up... Um it's all pretty much I ever played. Um, I played a little bit of, you know, Nintendo and Super Nintendo, you know, some of the some of the earlier consoles. But um, whenever we got together to play games, it was always Dungeons and Dragons. And being in a little mm. bubble of West Texas, that's all we knew. So we didn't we didn't really know of all these other games. Of course, the internet was 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 non-existent back then, and or at least mm. in the hands of the everyman. And um, mm. it was it was hard to know about those things. So you'd hear whispers of, of things like Call of Cthulhu or you know a dark conspiracy type game, and um, uh, we were stuck with you know the Vance Dungeons and Dragons, and we had a great time playing it. And um, oh, we had a great time. I, I loved I love AD and D. I've still got all my written books, but but that is actually why I probably have such a strong uh, attraction to and promotion of the games conventions. In fact, Story Weaver. I spent a lot of time and quite a bit of money invested in developing a, a, a calendar, an online calendar of all the gaming conventions we could possibly find. It's about 80 or 90 of them now. And you, recently, I, you can you, find on the Story Weaver website. Yeah, you recently just shared that on Facebook, I believe. I certainly hope they did. Yeah, <laughs> I've got, so. a, I've got a, a, got a lovely girl called um, Jay who works for me who, who's handling that side of things. Um, uh, but yeah, the, the gaming calendar is just, you know, if you're in Texas or you're out, especially in places like Australia and some parts of Europe, you just don't hear about these things. But if you get into gaming communities uh, and the conventions, you just it, just the whole world opens up for you. Sure, yeah. I, I, we're planning on going to uh, Gen Con for the first time this year. Um, and I, I can't be more oh, excited. <laughs> can't be more excited. I hope we're going to hit uh, Gen Con India next year. And um, it should be a great time. 
Well, I'm I've actually asked uh, Jay to um, get the paperwork ready for for Storybeaver to have a presence at Gen Con 2015. Oh, great! So. Yep. Uh, so um, no promises, but that's what I'm saving up for now. I've got the budget. The all I need to do is get the airfares and get the paperwork done. Oh, that'd be amazing. It will be. It'd be fun. I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> well, Joe, um, uh, the last question I want to ask you here is just kind of, you know, what what advice do you have for any anybody with an idea uh, about creating a new game? Like, um, you know, is it is it test the games out? Is it just have fun? You know, what, oh, what do you wow. recommend to those to those new guys trying to break in? Okay, I think there's a couple of things to think about, and um, the number one thing is to say is, is to really ask yourself why you're building this. You know, why, why are you creating the game? Now, if you're creating it for yourself and for your friends, that's the best reason to create a game because you're going to be invested. You're going to love it. If you're creating it because you think that you want to build a gaming business you probably are going to to stumble and fall. And the reason for that is when you get to that business side of gaming, you suddenly discover that it's hard work. You know, it is really hard work because you face skills that you just don't have and, you know, there's a whole range of things that go on and it challenges you. Um, So unless you're totally invested in what you're creating, the business side is just not going to be worth it. So that's the first thing. Understand why you're doing the game. Um, Create the game, play test, play test, play test, and... Um, don't be so invested in your rule system and your game system and your world setting um, that you won't take advice. Right, you got to listen um, to feed- no, for Rapture, feedback, huh? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Rapture, in the original Rapture, there was no what we call splash damage, which meant uh, battles would go very, very well or very, very badly. And that plays okay, but it didn't feel like a horror game, and we eventually, you know, it took us about eight sessions. I've got a game that we're working on at the moment. It's another horror game. It's... it's um, it's still under wraps. That's been in playtest now for 18 months because I am. It's based highly on the Rapture rule systems, but it's not quite right. It's it's got to be even more streamlined. And um, it all comes from running it. At, uh, I like to use. I, I run games at cons to playtest them now, and it comes from really asking people, tell me what worked, but more importantly, tell me what didn't, and listening to that critique, and viewing it as a critique, not criticism, and not having any ego associated with it. That's really hard to do. But it pays off and in, in, in just pays off hugely. Yeah, I could, I could definitely, uh, I could definitely see that as all as sound advice. I mean, it's obviously, <laughs> you know, working at least from uh, from what I'm seeing from what you guys are putting out. So I, I definitely uh, would like to thank you, you know, for having this chat with us and definitely for letting me take a look at Rapture. I really do love that game. It's 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 something I I I keep thinking about just ways I can just creep my friends out and <laughs> and I, uh, trust you know. me tr- trust me they will do it to you <laughs> if you're playing the game right you will yeah. get creeped out and and that's the secret to that game <laughs> yeah I mean it's just it's just one of those it's one of those games that has that little bit of magic that I think um, it, at least once more people in my area hear about it they're definitely going to uh, you know want to get it and um, uh, just before we uh, sign off here, I'd like to again um, strongly urge you guys to go check out RPG Now and look up the Gamers vs. Hellfire Suite. Pick up Rapture for 10 bucks and really help out a good cause. There's guys out there that are fighting a blaze right now and they need all the help that we can give them. So, um, Joe, you have any last words for the, uh, the internet and the uh, right now 12 people that will hear this podcast? <laughs> 
look, what I'd say is, you know, thanks for listening. And, you know, just remember that that gaming is, is more than just, just having fun. It's actually about experiencing whole new ways of being, whole new ways of, of looking at the world. And that's Absolutely. just fantastic for the mind. And, you know, uh, at the same time, do have that fun because brain expanding is awfully fun. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Joe, thank you again for joining us. This is uh, Joe Sweeney from Story Weaver Games. You guys check him out at, uh, I believe it's storyweaver.com. That's correct. Thank you very much. All righty. Uh, Joe, how could they follow you on all the social media stuff? Is it just at Story Weaver on Facebook and Twitter as well? Yeah, it's uh, Story Weaver Games on Facebook. Um, Twitter, I think, is the same. And uh, you can find us on, on Google+. The easiest thing to do is just go to the website. We've got all the links there. So it's www storyweaver all one word dot com alright and you guys can check us out too at uh, www.letslevelup.net and there's all our social media stuff please subscribe on YouTube to catch more reviews like the one we did for Rapture and other tabletop games and uh, thank you so much for listening to this podcast and Joe once again I thank you for your time